The Run Culture podcast has always been a passion project. It was created to share stories and experiences, to educate runners and to grow the sport. Ultimately, to show that running is cool. The podcast has provided us all opportunities to listen and learn from some interesting people in the running world. Welcome to the Run Culture podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I am an all-out running fan and an accredited running coach, a marathoner myself and an experienced physiotherapist that specialises in treating runners. So, before we get right into the show, if you have enjoyed any of the previous episodes of the Run Culture podcast and they have added value to your life and you want to support the podcast going into 2021, then we have a Patreon page. It's linked to in the show notes. A small monthly donation will go a heck of a way to keeping the show alive. By doing so, you too can also feel fulfilled that you are doing your bit to promote and grow the sport. Also, for those runners interested or in need, links to my online strength and conditioning course for runners or run therapy, my physiotherapy clinic, are also in the show notes. Alas, enough from me. Here's this week's interview. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Run Culture Podcast. This week's episode, I'm pretty wrapped to bring to you Jared Clifford. Jared's a good friend of mine. After I had the pleasure to do some physio work with him uh, a couple of times at altitude training camps, Jared is a visually impaired world champion 1500 meter and 5000 meter athlete from the Doha 2019 world champs. He's a second-time guest. If you go back to episode 19 of the podcast, you'll hear more of his story. Today, we chat about his recent success, his move to Canberra, how his build is going towards the Tokyo Olympics, his recent world records in the 1500, and his constant improvements as a runner, his Nike sponsorship, his appearance on the project, and what he sees his role as, as an a leader amongst uh, Paralympic athletes and he really is just a well-spoken, mature, inspiring individual who, yeah, is for his young age is doing amazing things and really is someone that I think we should all look up to as he doesn't say can't and just takes his challenges in his stride and keeps trying to make the best of what he can do. So, what a ripper of a bloke. Here he is, Jared Clifford. Yep. All right, welcome back to another Run Culture episode. Today I've got the pleasure to be chatting to Jared Clifford. Jared, welcome back on the show. Uh, thanks, Dane. It's uh, always good to be uh, having a chat with you. Far out. You've started 2021 with an absolute bang. Uh, talk us through why do you think you've stepped up even bet further with your running? Yeah, it's um, you know, my PB coming into this season for the fifteen hundred was three forty five point one. Uh, that was from when I qualified for World Juniors in twenty eighteen. So it was uh, getting along a couple of years since I'd run a PB, but I've definitely been in the shape to run PB since then, but just never quite either gotten the opportunity or executed. So, you know, Dubai World Championships 2019, I was probably, um, like, even fitter than now maybe. Um, and But the race at Worlds was tactical and I only got one race to kind of 
show what I had. So now I've known I've had it there, but just wanting to to have a few to have like a really good season in Australia. Um, yeah, this has kind of been my first opportunity in a long time. So um, yeah, a couple of I think yeah, my first race was three forty four, then another three forty four, then three forty two at Zadavec, and um, I've gone from you know having a PB drought to three in a row, which is uh pretty motivating for the rest of the season and uh yeah like i think i i learned in the last couple of years and you got to cherish every pb you get um because they you know as you get quicker they don't come as often so uh yeah it's like three of you know my favorite races of all time uh you've just come off the state championships so the victorian state open championships and you ran a really really gutsy race on the weekend uh you did a lot of the leading uh, yeah, talk us through that race because that wasn't a PB, but it was still another three forty four to your name. Yeah, like it, you know, it would have been a PB nearly six weeks or so ago. So um, it's funny, like I went in obviously wanting to win the state title. I've never done that before uh, in, in an open kind of category, and um, I knew some of the younger guys in the race had some pretty blistering last lap potential. So I kind of figured that my best shot was to yeah take it out hard so i think i went through the first lap in 58 and then maybe 159 through 800 something like that or 158 um but yeah adam spencer's uh last lap to run 341 was pretty impressive and i think i could have run that race a million different ways and not beaten him he's just like a class athlete uh but yeah no i i still came second in 344 so I think, honestly, considering I led 800 of it or 850, whatever it was, um, yeah, like taking that into context, um, probably my best run out of the four sub 345s in the recent couple of weeks. So um, pretty stoked with that. And yeah, to know that I can front run that fast and not really fade, just hold it um, reasonably well. Um, yeah, that's super exciting. But man, I crossed the line and I heard the commentator say, Adam Spencer's run three forty one, and I was just pumped for him because that's like, <laughs> man, that, he's such a nice, nice guy. Like, and just yeah, it's so fast. He's only nineteen, isn't he? As well. Yeah, he's two years younger than me. Like the, the guys, you know, going to college in America, I think. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. He's going to make the Olympics one day for sure. Do you know what college he's thinking of going to, or you're not sure? Uh, I think he announced it on his Instagram yesterday. I think yep. it's Wisconsin. I uh, hope I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, with the front running, was it a bit of a tactic to try to run some speed out of some of the guys' legs? Um, or do you just like being at the front where the running's nice and clear and there's less less argy-bargy and you feel like you get that nice uh, clear space? Yeah, definitely. Like, there, there's definitely the tactical thing where I think it does help me a little bit. Like, I do have a really good last lap myself, but um, some of the guys in Victoria, especially, yeah, those, you know, Matt Hussey and, and Adam Spencer, obviously, their kicks are even better than mine. Uh, they're just, you know, those kind of guys. But, um, so, yeah, that was partly a tactic. But also, yeah, for me, a tactical 1500 final, um, like me getting in a pack is, like, not great for me. Probably not great for anyone, really. Um slightly dangerous <laughs> like I, I i i did the heats on this yeah two two days before and i got a pretty bad start and got in the middle of the pack and man i'm like always convinced i'm gonna fall i don't know how i don't fall sometimes like <laughs> yeah i survived that but it was i had a few scares and 
Um, it's definitely safer for me to go out in front and, um, like, yeah, it's a good feeling too when you kind of pull people. Like, there's a few guys I think behind me too that ran PBs, and that's always like, I don't, like Victorian running is like going to some. Well, it's already in good places, but it's you know going going places as well. So um, it's a bonus when uh, you get a good time, yourself, good position, and everyone else runs fast times. Like that's always exciting. Yeah, yeah. Like it's and also like you look back on this race um, in years to come, and you're like, oh, that was a quick race, like. Because um, not all the time is it is a, a Victorian state champs won in a time like like it was won like three forty one, yeah I'm not sure how many how many times it has been run that yeah. quick in recent years. Yeah, I remember standing on the start line. And I think I heard Tim Crosby say to the speaker that like the chapter record was three forty high potentially. Um, so yeah, Adam was pretty close. So I was thinking on the start line, like I knew I probably couldn't run that. But I was like, if someone can kick off whatever pace I go out at, they'd be close. And I was nearly right. But um, yeah, <laughs> like not many big chances, super, super fast like that. So it's exciting to be a part of it. Well, it's just good that you're practicing all different ways to run the race. Because um, I remember watching, I think, one of the Milers clubs in January where um, you ran 344. Uh, Three, I think, but you you broke the yeah. all time world record uh, for um, yeah Paralympic running for fifteen hundred uh, uh, by point oh three seconds, I think, um, and you ran it a bit differently. Like there was obviously a, uh, a bit pacer for a bit, but then you also had a, a couple of kicks um, against Adam Pike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And, uh, man, I've had some good battles with Pikey this season. I think uh, he finally got me back at ACT champs well and truly. So, but, yeah, like those, um, yeah, that's the thing. With the Paralympic Games, when I'm racing in these Miles Club races and big champs there, um, but take take a, a 341 from, from Adam out of the mix, but everyone else is pretty much similar standard to who I'll be racing at the the Paralympic Games, so um, there's guys that definitely have the potential to be running mid three, you know, three forty five ish, three even even quicker, or, or, or guys that have got eight hundred PBs of one forty seven to one forty nine. Um, so I've got to learn how to run some pretty quick times, especially with me leading out, because obviously Paralympics not going to have a pacer. Um, so there's a chance that my best chance to win the fifteen will be to like make it fast but then also like my my you know i won dubai against a lot of those guys with a kick so i'm still practicing that it's basically i think one of my strengths is usually race instincts um so to keep practicing that and um just racing the fields i'm in hopefully it keeps developing that kind of instinctual ability um so yeah i've kind of you know winning i never won a miles club and i won two in a row and they were run slightly differently so that was um you know, pretty good too, and, and a silver at state champs. Like just practicing racing, because yeah, that fifteen hundred at Paralympics. Um, yeah, it's going to be pretty hot. That's probably going to be the quickest Paralympic fifteen hundred of all time, I reckon, um, or at least the highest caliber. Um, and then also, yeah, running with with blinkies in a in a fifteen hundred can get pretty rough because uh, <laughs> no one, you know, no one can see anyone that well enough to kind of stay out of trouble. So you know, that's a, that's that's a factor in too. <laughs> Tell us about the Zatapec uh, race where you did 3.42, so your all-time best, um, and you're pushed along, um, yeah, 
yeah, by Geordie Williams and, and Ryan Gregson. Um, how did you manage the traffic in that race? And, um, yeah, what, what was that like? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Zadipek, I knew there was two things. Like, I knew it could go really well and I'd get a nice seat and um, could get pulled through, basically, to the finish line. Um, the other thing as well, though, there were so many good guys that I thought it could bunch up in the middle of the pack and, and I might, like, struggle to navigate my way through or might waste energy trying to make sure I, like, kept my feet and, and um, didn't click anyone else. But I actually got a really good start and basically found myself behind Maddie Clark, um, who, you know, one of my best mates and guide, has guided me a lot previously. Um, and he basically was in front of me the whole way and I just followed him. Um, which, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, like it, it doesn't really change who's in front of me in, in, in reality, but I, I always do feel more comfortable when I know I'm running behind someone that I've, you know, I've trained with before and I know their technique and I can fit in a lot better. And yeah, he basically was, yeah, I chased him all the way to the finish line. I've actually never beaten him somehow <laughs> and he always gets me by about 0.4 to 0.7 of a second, like every single time. And, yeah, it happened again. But that race was one of those ones. I think we went through 1,200 for me in three flat and then closed in, like, 42. So uh, I'd really like to get another race where we go through a bit quicker. Um, so I still think there's a few seconds there. Um, yeah, but, it was yeah, it was a good race. And um, to have Philo there, like, and uh, Keely and my training partner also ran a huge PB. So it was, like, it was a pretty, pretty good night for, for the crew. And um, it's always good to, to see Phil up and about. <laughs> he would have been pretty excited. <laughs> he was stoked, yeah. <laughs> um, do you reckon that sub 340 is there? Yeah, definitely. Which, like, honestly, before Zadavec, you know, I'd say it, but believing it's another thing. Like, saying it's easy. Believing yeah. it is another, it is a bit harder, and then actually doing it is obviously the hardest thing. Um, but I'm now at the point of believing, so I've gone to that second second stage. Um, yeah, just just how the splits were in that race. Like Philo told you know Philo's PB is off a 55 first lap, which is probably the most painful way to run 341. But um, like I'd love to go out a little bit bit quicker than three flat. So um, it's yeah, it's definitely there. It's just about getting in the right race, right conditions. Like everything has to go perfectly because I think it's like my limit is pretty much bang on that so i'd have to yeah run a perfect race which yeah fingers crossed but it's just about believing i think and yeah now i do so i just gotta just gotta nail it nice cliffy and then what's ahead uh what's ahead over the next um few weeks to next month or two um are you gearing up for the uh national um champs and uh yeah what have you got immediately now is there a bit more training or um have you got some more races ahead yeah, um, it's funny, like I was going to do an 800 at the Coles Summer Super Series uh, this Thursday in Canberra. I would have been in the B race, um, which is like I would have been hanging on for dear life still. Um, I usually do one a year, but I ended up, I've decided to pull out of that and tackle the 5K at Box Hill Burn. Um, I think that's such a high quality field that I might be, yeah, might be in the B race even with a 4.05 seat time. So... Um, that'll be some good practice racing the 5k. Uh, we're going to, yeah, obviously you guides there and Phil and Tim and, and practice our changeovers. We might have two changeovers. We're not sure yet, but 
Um, the world record for the 5,000 meters uh, is held by a guy from Morocco called Elamin Chantouf, and he set it at the 2012 Paralympic Games. Uh, he ran 1353.7 something, 76 maybe. Um, so that is, I guess, in the back of my mind, although obviously running sub 14, I'll be stoked with, let alone another seven seconds. Um, so I guess, yeah, got to, got to try and answer that too. And then, um, I think I'm going to do camera track classic 1500 and then two days later, the national 5k at Sydney and the, the quick turnaround is similar to my turnaround at Tokyo. Um, I think I only have one day off in between. So yeah, that'll be a handy practice. And then I think, yeah, Melbourne track classic later on, a couple more 15s, national 15. And then an event I'm really looking forward to April 24, run the 10, um, They've been super supportive of, you know, para, para racing, para running in Australia because we're in a really good spot right now. It's really good juniors coming through the ranks too. So uh, I think they're going to, like, establish a record for um, para categories around the 10, which is, like, super exciting. And uh, they're going to have a race there with all the elite distance running categories and, uh, you know, with pretty substantial prize money involved for para athletes, which is... Um, you know, I think it, I'm, I'm sure it would have to be a first for Australian, for Australian running to have such good prize money for para athletes. So that's super exciting. I'm like heaps keen for that because I think it's just such a great step in the right direction. And the elite able-bodied fields look like so stacked, like it's going to be one of the best races of the year in Australia. So, um, like that's one I'm, I'm pretty keen on too, but otherwise, uh, yeah, it's just like, We'll get back to the training block and, um, yeah, fingers crossed Tokyo goes ahead. But, you know, that's the thing because we're not you – know, Tokyo is, I guess, technically kind of still up in the air. Um, I'm kind of taking every race as, like, a really big opportunity. And after the second wave of lockdown last year, I think we quickly learned that um, every race, like, you can't take it for granted. you just got to, you know, go out and nail it and have a, have a good crack. That's a great attitude. Um, how are you – like, how certain do you th- – uh, like at the moment, like what is your inside word on um, the certainty of Tokyo going ahead and, and what are some of the plans that you've sort of heard um, that, you know, potentially could sort of, um, yeah, lead to it going ahead? Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. My personal thoughts change nearly day to day. So I kind of, I try not to buy into all the speculation too much, but I did, I did that when that Times article uh published in i think yeah january i woke up to a couple of messages from friends kind of you know oh, i mean sorry the games have been cancelled i'm like what <laughs> like i thought if they cancel them it wouldn't be for a couple of months at least so i was like a bit worried then um and it's hard to know how reputable that anonymous source is but sometimes you tend to think you know surely they can't be publishing stuff just off no evidence um but maybe they did, so who knows. But um, we got contacted pretty quickly from Paralympics Australia and they, you know, the Olympic committees and the Japanese government came out pretty fiercely to deny the article's credibility. So that gave me a bit of confidence for a bit. Um, Paralympics Australia are super confident, so, like, the plan uh, is, like, we'll probably bubble in cans leading up to the Games, um, like... I guess, not sure how long, um, but yeah, bubble there, flash straight into Tokyo, 
maybe even like two days before. And I think, uh, you know, we'll get flown out nearly immediately after our races. Um, so it's, if it goes ahead, it's going to be pretty quick fire kind of experience. But I mean, the boat, uh, racing is like at this stage now, like is all that matters. Like as long as I get a start line, a finish line and hopefully a podium, I'll be like over the moon and stoked. And it'll be like more than I expected, honestly. So, um, I'm trying not to get my hopes up as well, but obviously, um, I mean, it's pretty easy running to train as if it's going ahead. Like you just rock up each day, but that's kind of where my, my thoughts are. Like a, I'm definitely gearing up and definitely in the best shape of my life. Like this is the fittest I've ever been fittest. I'm going to be even fitter by September. Um, just, just hopefully there'll be a start line for us. Yep. Um, and then also like, how is, how's your vision going? Like since we last chatted, um, is it still, um, you know, very much like it was or has it deteriorated at all? Um, yeah. How, how, how is it going, um, at the moment? Yeah, no, that's like, yeah, it's an interesting question. And sometimes like I ask myself it every day at the moment because, um, like I, I don't think it is like I don't I think yeah I'm in a new environment in Canberra so like that takes some getting used to um although yeah like a lot of the places we run now like I, I know them as if they're at my own home in Melbourne but uh yeah new environment living at a home for the, for the first time kind of you know substantially not just for a couple of months um changes things and then uh, I'm noticing like when I'm reading, cause I do, I did four subjects in uni last semester, three subjects this semester coming up. And like, I, I notice like my eyes do like get tired, I think quicker than they used to, but when I'm running, um, I'm not noticing a huge difference, but it's basically, I just got to monitor how tired I am going into races. Like when I go into a race or a session really tired, like that's when I'll notice the difference. It's nearly, it's not like my actual conditions fluctuating, but it's like, basically how I manage it is fluctuating. Like my ability to be able to be like 110% concentrating on every step kind of falters when I'm tired. So that's when I start seeing like mistakes or, you know, Timmy has to grab me from running into a pole or something. <laughs> like, um, but it's so, any change in my vision, I guess, would be so incremental that it's like, I only notice it over like long, like if, it, if I'm doing something I haven't done in a while. So We'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, it's a hard one. And it's like, because I've also like, I've got my condition, which is juvenile macular degeneration. And I've got my like long-sightedness and like that can change too. And then like my glasses are for my long-sightedness, not my condition. So then sometimes like may, I don't know, like my prescription might be needing a change. Like there's like a lot of different factors that could make me feel like my vision's changing, but it might not actually be. Yeah. So I've got, it's actually, that's basically a long way of saying, it. I've got no idea, but um, <laughs> it's very day-to-day -day management. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, talk us through the um, decision to move to Canberra and how it's, uh, like, it's obviously been a good change because you're um, running, you know, it's been good for your running. Um, you're, you're running so well. Um, but then, yeah, how have you coped with that um, moving out of home? Um, like you said, it, it was a bit hard initially especially um uh with the vision um but yeah how, how have you and did you move up with tim as well like did tim move up as well and um it must be a bit easier uh, with uh, a bit more regular contact with philo your coach 
Yeah, so we, um, I basically resigned uh, myself to doing, yeah, second wave lockdown in Melbourne. Um, I didn't get out early enough, which was probably a mistake. Um, but, yeah, I, was, I think it was like three or four weeks in, we got, yeah, the exemption from ACT Health to come up to Canberra. So we did two weeks quarantine and stuff like that. And we stayed up here kind of just on a temporary basis for a few months, but Victoria was only improved, but there was a few weeks where instead of the cases going down, they kind of went back up a little bit. It was like, we were going to have to start paying a lot more rent and we kind of had to make a decision then or, or not at all. So we signed a lease, um, for nine months pretty much to Tokyo. Um, so yeah, so it's going to be, it's good. Like I, I get to train in with people, you know, we've got a lot of guys that are running like low 150s, 800 that are like knocking on the door of sub 350, 1500s. Uh, obviously Timmy's up here with me. Um, you know, I'm also living with Dale Kenzie, who's 2017 world power 1500 champ, cerebral palsy. Um, and then, for the 5k work, like there's, there's Michael Roger. So I've, I've been training with him the last couple of weeks, which is like always good. Cause he, he, um, he can go pretty hard in the session and pull, pull you along. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of benefits to kind of being able to, um, come up here to see Philo and, and, um, like train hard for Tokyo and I'm putting all the eggs in the basket for Tokyo and hopefully it pays off. Nice. Has training changed much uh, uh, over the last six to 12 months at all for you? Or it's sort of very much uh, same mileage, uh, yeah, same same kind of uh, workouts. Uh, you're doing anything different in the gym or, uh, yeah, everything's sort of just uh, business as usual? It's pretty much business as usual. Like, I guess the main change is, yeah, moving to Canberra and having the squad to kind of hold you accountable on every single rep basically because someone's usually feeling really good on a rep even if you're not so that's really good and and um yeah i guess like that would be the only change but i think honestly like a lot of my improvements have either been like i've had it in me like the whole time but i finally managed to execute it or um yeah i don't know like just that training group factor is huge like i think most runners will know that um, yeah. it can just kind of like get you that extra couple of percent. So, um, yeah, I don't know, like the consistency, like that's, that's been pretty, I've been pretty good since finishing year 12, which is now like just over two years ago. So, uh, it's probably the most consistent two years in my career. So I think, um, and I'm kind of continuing it at the moment, touch wood. So yeah, I think that's huge. Like, I think that's where a lot of my PBs is coming from as well. Yep. And then, uh, yeah. Is it like, did Charlotte move up there with you or um, is it just like, are you doing long distance? Yeah, it's, um, well, it was a bit, yeah, Charlotte's sitting next to me right now. Oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, yeah, like we, when I left her in lockdown, it was looking pretty scary at some points when, you know, case numbers were still like 400, 500 a day or something like that. And it was like, man, this could be a really long time apart, um, which would have been really, really hard, especially, you know, especially when I went like Charlotte was still in lockdown and, um, which was a pretty tough time as, you know, everyone in Victoria 
would know. Um, so yeah, that was like a pretty tough decision. Um, but luckily everything opened up. So I, yeah, I spent like nearly two months at home over like the Christmas period, which was like so good. Saw friends that hadn't seen like since like before first lockdown. So, um, but yeah, she hasn't actually moved up, but, um, like I'm pretty much going back and forth to Melbourne, like quite a lot. Like lucky there's heaps of races in Melbourne, which like gives me good reasons to keep going back. But, um, yeah, it's like, it's, you know, it's not ideal, but it's, yeah. Hopefully it's, you know, it's, well, it's definitely just, just till Tokyo is done and it's worth it again. Um, and you said before, um, off air that you, uh, because Tokyo has been delayed, you, you were able to, um, yeah, push forward with your uni degree a little bit. Um, uh, are you using, um, your downtime to sort of, you know, just push along with that? Um, are you doing much writing? You lo- love your writing, you love... Um, yeah, writing articles or uh, doing stuff like that. Um, is much of that um, in the works still? Yeah, like, um, yeah, I'm pretty motivated with my studies. So I guess if I was trying to look for positives out of the postponement and I guess potential cancellation, it's yeah, like my uni degree has been fast-tracked significantly, I think, by like nearly an entire year um, at the moment. So um yeah like that's something i, I guess when I, when I did full-time uni though kind of i didn't have much time to do or even think about doing any articles as like extracurricular stuff um it's still something i'm interested in but yeah i'm doing three subjects again so i might struggle because yeah three subjects is probably already too much um to be honest yeah <laughs> um we'll, we'll see we'll see how the eyes hold up i might i still am considering dropping one just like before the sets state but yeah, that's pretty much, I guess, what I like yeah, I'm doing in my downtime. Um, nice. Yeah, I, it's a, uh, yeah, it's hard to uh, hard to know where kind of I'll get the next chance to write some articles. But if anyone's uh, keen, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Up in Canberra, um, do you get access to the AIS at all? Um, like the, um, like I remember my brother did. A year, a year or so as a sports scientist and he said the buffet there of food is so good do you have any access to the AIS at all or is it all sort of just um you you've rented out that apartment or rented out that um, place uh with the, the lease and you're training with Philo and the group and it's very much separate yeah so I'm like because I'm the VIS scholarship athlete it carries over to AIS so yeah we obviously well I mean everyone uses the track uh, there, which is like awesome track, and uh, but yeah, we also use the gym. Uh, we use recovery, so like ice bath and, and heat pool and stuff like that. And then um, yeah, got access to physio and massage, which is like super handy. Um, yeah, it's because yeah, Philo is like still working at the AIS as like physiologist, so um, yeah, we got access to a lot of that. Um, a lot of those resources and still working in with with VIS like uh, psychology and, and nutrition. So um, yeah, I've got like a lot of support around me, which is which is super good. And um, the buffet though, that's shattering because of COVID. There, oh. it's very exclusive now. So yep. <laughs> which is such a bummer because after training, you'd always go there for a feed for like 
I mean, usually you'd have to pay like five bucks or you might be able to get in, who knows. But <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty good, pretty good food and a bit of a bummer, you know, COVID just ruining everything. <laughs> Talking about support, um, since we last chatted, uh, you signed a Nike sponsorship deal and before you jumped on air, you showed me these flash shoes that you're about to, to wear. Um, how... And, and and in most races you've been wearing the the Nike Nike kit. Um, that must be um, great having some kind of su- support um, and and sponsorship deal with Nike. Yeah, it's been really good, and and I think uh, you know in our kind of chats before before signing, like I was pretty adamant about this being you know a serious serious relationship. Um, you know uh, you know treat me or you know kind of you know look at me like the world champion that I guess I, you know, I am and like treat elite, elite para-athletes as elite para-athletes and not just kind of a token. And, and there was not even a doubt from the start that that's the relationship that we were building and now that we are engaging in and it's so good to see Nike getting behind, um, you know, some, some, some power running at the moment and, and in a really meaningful way and, um, you know, it's super exciting and it's, um, you know, it's pretty cool to be able to wear, wear the kit and, and it's, um, you know, hopefully down the track at, at different different points over the next couple of years, you get, you know, you can even expand and, and power running's in a great place. Like, as I said before, like run, run, run a tan, like their support there and, and being able to showcase um, to the world. Like I've actually noticed on Twitter with some of my recent runs, there's been more attention overseas with my performances as well. Um, and I think honestly, like being able to, to wear the Nike strip helps, um, it helps in a lot to kind of grab the attention of, of, of a lot of people. And I'm kind of hoping that, that together Nike and myself can kind of continue the momentum of, of, the Paralympics and specifically the running community and, and so that when the Paralympic Games do hopefully go ahead and, you know, myself standing on the start line, Michael Roger with Brooks, um, you know, Dion Kenzie, Sam Harding, um, like the whole crew when we're all on the start line, the entire Australian running community is, um, you know, glued to their TVs, watching our performances and kind of invested in it. And then also like the more people around the world that are like, okay, that's the guy that was wearing the Nike singer that ran, you know, 3.42. Let's go see if he can, you know, win the penalty gold medal like that. I think that's, that's like a great step for, for the running community to kind of um, be introduced even further to the, like, Paralympic running. So, yeah, Nike's been incredible and it's, um, you know, means the world to have their sport. Yeah, um, I was watching the project, um, it would have been a month or so ago, and suddenly your face just popped up on, on the screen. Um, yeah, how did that come about? Because, um, yeah, that was great um, seeing, you know, athletics, uh, yeah, get a bit of attention on, yeah, I suppose mainstream TV. Um, yeah, and it definitely, like, you can hear it, like, even when you're talking about uh, the state championships on the, on the recent weekend, you're sort of like, oh, it was good that the pace was fast because that meant everyone else ran fast. Um, is there some kind? There's something that you you, you definitely get f- f- fulfillment out of helping grow the sport and and seeing other people um, enjoy the sport and and uh, get better in the sport as well. Um, it looks like your mission is a little bit more than yourself, um, and uh, yeah, it looks like your mission is to yeah you get a lot a lot more out of it than just um, yeah what you're doing. Yeah, like it's um, 
Yeah, the project run was funny because I think it was AA just like, I think it was organized pretty quickly. So it was, um, yeah, me, Jemima, Montag and, and Kelsey. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. And to, you know, get, um, you know, whenever I see any, anyone in the athletics world get on, on mainstream TV or mainstream, you know, media, it's like pretty cool to see. So to be a part of one was, um, was awesome. But I think, yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, getting around everyone, like, I think that's a part of especially, uh, I'm sure, you know, the entire Australian running community, but uh, I've obviously grown up in Victoria and I know all the guys within a couple of age groups above and below, like it really feels like we're all, you know, mates and I don't know, whenever someone runs well and has a breakthrough, which seems at least one person has on every race now, yeah. um, you know, it's just exciting to be a part of it because, you, you know, I know how amazing that feeling is. So to see someone else having that feeling is pretty cool, but you know, when I was 14, I think I met Michael Roger for the first time. And, you know, he's greatest of all time, Australian Patrick runner. And um, to have him, you know, he, he's always, you know, supported me and encouraged me when I was a junior. And I think seeing how far Australian Paralympic running and uh, is coming in, in recent years, like, it's so exciting to see it. Like, I remember in 2012, um, I was the only Victorian para-athlete on the junior cross-country team. And now they have to actually hold proper selection trials well and truly to pick the team in every age group because there's so many, there's so much participation in para-athletics now and it's growing and growing and growing. And, and even at the, the sub-elite level and then at the elite level, um, if everything goes to plan with Tokyo, we could have up to like six plus um paralympic distance runners across different categories go to tokyo so uh it's just like super exciting i think i mean like i know how amazing the people are in, in the paralympic games like my teammates and um if i can be any way a part of like making sure that the running community like gets around it and, and sees the stories because um you know, who doesn't want to see Australian runners, like, fighting for podiums? Like, it's just, like, extra viewing, isn't it? Everyone loves running. Like, we always want to see more races, more big dogs, more people kind of, like, yeah. achieving their dreams. And it's, like, like I just know there's these stories out there and um, that, yeah, that hopefully, like, you know, this is what I say. I'll say, like, right now is when you, like, if you know the names, you know, Michael Rogo, obviously, Dion Kenzie, Sam Harding, Matt Felton, Dan Bounty, um, you know, Kyle McIntosh. Like, there's a couple of guys, that, you know, follow our journeys now and, and hopefully when we're standing on the start line in Tokyo, um, you'll, you, you'll be able to know our journey and, and um, kind of, you know, feel like you, you, you've been there and be invested in hopefully some big medal performances for Australian distance running. So, I don't know. I just like getting up, getting up and about about it because it's, um, you know, we're a small sport, so... If we're not getting around each other, then like I don't know, what are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> how's um Dion Kenzie and um yeah Sam Harding um and uh yeah Michael Rogar going? Like um what's the latest um uh with their with their training? Um are they all sort of based in Canberra as well? Yeah, so the whole squad's based in Canberra. Rogues has had a, a few injury niggles like late last year, but he's like come back and. I've done, yeah, a couple of said like this morning we did Deke's quarters and me and him worked together pretty well. And, um, yeah, Dion's like well sub for minute 1500 shape and he's going to nail it, I reckon. 
in the next couple of weeks. Um, and then, yeah, Sammy had a bit of a hamstring niggle, but, like, he's coming back super strong already. So um, everyone's in a really good place. So, yeah, it's good to – like, we've got to be the best, like, para-athletic distance running squad in the whole world. Yep. Um, and to have everyone in the, in the one place leading up to hopefully the biggest race – races of our of our life like it's super exciting and it's a really good place for australian distance running what what did you do for deke's quarters this morning <laughs> i actually did a, i think i think it's a pb like i'm sure it must be a pb i did 14 12 far out um yeah so i think i snagged rogie's pb too which is like i'm sure he buried himself a few times doing that session um <laughs> which is good but uh i didn't in didn't in, I didn't do it in the next percent because I thought I thought like I need to get used to obviously doing it in spikes and yep. it's still the dragonflies which obviously are still definitely a beneficial shoe but um yeah I was pretty happy with it like um, held it together well and I think the last rep was my fastest so um, hopefully uh, for 5k I'm yeah around that 14 minute mark we'll see yep <laughs> um and- so it was Tim out there and Philo out there this morning doing the quarters as well? Yeah, uh, Philo uh, was doing half quarters and then he, yeah, because he's got, um, he's doing an 800 at this uh, race on Thursday in Canberra. So he's going to, yeah, probably run like hopefully, yeah, mid to low 150s uh, on Thursday. But yeah, he uh, he dropped me pretty hard on his last, last rep, which is my fourth one. Um, <laughs> And, and told me about it afterwards too. And then, um, <laughs> uh, Timmy's, Timmy's coming back from an uh, pretty unfortunately timed calf injury. Um, so he's uh, building fitness back pretty quick. Like his speed's like really good at the moment. And he's like gotten on top of a few niggling injuries that he's had for a long time. Like he's had some like um, pretty sore adductors for like a couple of years, which is probably held him back a little bit, which is, like, crazy because he's run 4.03 before. Um, so, yeah, he's, like, going to be, like, firing all cylinders, like, pretty soon. He, um, yeah, still got around the quarters, like, 14.40-ish. So he's, like, coming back super fast and he's going to try and still hit the national qualifier, sub 350 for 1,500. So I reckon um, I'd back him. I think he's got four more chances, maybe five. So it's pretty exciting to see him, like, back um yeah, just like progressing each week, like really strong. Oh, that's looking pretty good. So those two will be pacing or um, guiding you uh, for the box hill burn, um, will they? Yeah. 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 So I was just going to do nationals, but Timmy decided to um, miss box hill, just kind of focus on some fifteen hundred. So we just yeah opened up the chance for me to do box hill burn. So um, Philo and Timmy will be the guides usually. Uh, we do just one changeover, but we might we might do two changeovers um, to kind of make sure that um, like I can go as quick as I can. Um, so yeah, Philo might do like two k. Tim might do two k, and then Philo back in for the last k. Yep. Just yeah, because um, if I if I like sometimes I, I'm not feeling great in the last k of a five k, but when I do, like I think in my four and five pb, my last side was fifty eight. So <laughs> I want to make sure. They can kind of um yeah go with it, which which it just kind of um makes it a certainty. Yep. Yeah, especially if you're chasing that thirteen fifty three. Yeah. See, that's it. Like, which I'll be I'll be pretty cooked in the last couple of laps if I'm on, if I'm on that pace. To be to be honest, so um 
which then I definitely need like guides to be switched on because that's obviously when I'm really cooked is when <laughs> mistakes can happen. Yep. Um, you mentioned before the tan race that's coming up um, that you're really excited about. Um, did and you said that the juniors in Paralympic sport, like the depth, is really improving. Um, is there a junior race at the tan? Um, uh, uh, yeah, f- for for um, yeah, Paralympic athletes or yeah. I think everyone, yeah, for paras, like the junior guys, like some of the best, or yeah, junior or younger guys, like they're guys that are um, knocking on the door of, of senior teams in the Paralympic community kind of team area. So, um, yeah, everyone will just get thrown together. There'll be uh, the only categories that will be in the elite para race are the ones that compete at Paralympic Games, which are yep. um, T11, 12, and 13, which is uh, T11 is totally blind. Yep. 12 and 13 is like myself, visually impaired. Yep. T20, which is um, cognitive impairments. Uh, T37, 38 is coordination impairment. So that's like down Kenzie. And then T46, like like Roger. So, um, and then it'll be based off, so there will obviously be winners across the line, but then it'll be based off the world record. So if it was a 1500 meter race, my world record is 342 and Rogue's is 345. So um, if Rogues runs 3.44 and I run 3.42, Rogues would win that race, for instance. So um, it's going to be based off that for the actual prize money, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's going to be, like, a really depthy field, hopefully the, the depthiest field in, in Australian power running history, I guess. We'll have to hopefully wait and see, but, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, exciting, mate. Um, yeah, I, I'm... I'm pretty wrapped with that chat that's a good update with where you're at and uh yeah is there anything else you'd want to add um yeah oh i just um mainly well i mean one thing is like yeah in the last couple of months i've really seen like massive support from the running community and, and people like really getting around you know these paralympic world records um and it, that's super special because um i know sometimes um, people get confused with the different categories and, and what's going on. And, and sometimes, you know, power records are sometimes a little bit harder to make official. So I finally got the official one of that effect, which was also probably confusing because I'd had broken two other times, like in the months preceding. So, um, yeah, just like massive. I'm so grateful for everyone yeah, in, in Victorian and Australian running and even around the world at the moment for um, genuinely being pumped um, for the achievements of, of, yeah this season so far and, and um yeah that's like amazing and, and uh and the other the other thing is uh i can't wait to hopefully go on a trip with you again fingers crossed the things i'm looking forward to i reckon <laughs> yeah it'd be great to go on another trip um yeah it's yeah it's like, I, I love, like, doing um, the Flagstaff trips with you guys. Like, it was so fun. Um, you're all, you know, such a great group, um, Philo's uh, training squad. Um, yeah, it just, yeah, let's, fingers crossed that, um, yeah, one, you know, down down the track that, um, yeah, hopefully these vaccines um, really sort it out and, um, yeah, yeah, life becomes, you know, a little bit, like we used to know it um yeah um you know not not too far down the track um but yeah 
everyone is getting behind you, Jared, because you you deserve it. It's, it's quite phenomenal to see. Um, yeah, every every year or so that you just keep improving and um, and uh, to achieve what you're achieving. Um, yeah, and and to 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 just um, just keep going at it. Um, yeah, it's it's really inspiring. Um, and uh, yeah, you keep working hard and. Um, you also, um, yeah, carry yourself very well. Um, so, no, you're inspiring many, so keep at it. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for your time today and jumping on and uh, talking about, um, yeah, how everything's going. So cheers for the chat. Yeah, uh, thank you. And, um, yeah, always happy to have a chat with, uh, with, with you. Definitely. Uh, my, my, my favorite physio, I reckon. Oh. Number one. <laughs> Thanks for the compliment. <laughs>